Welcome to the podcast of Sozo Church. For more information about Sozo, please visit sozosmtx.com. Good morning. How's it going? So we're in this series called Let's Go. And uh, I'm excited to jump into Matthew chapter 28. And so go there with me right now. This is the Great Commission in the gospel um, that Matthew wrote. And it says this. Uh, it says, then Jesus came and said, all authority. Say all authority. all authority. If Jesus has all authority, then how much does the devil have? No. Zero authority. That's good to know. It says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Say, go. go. Here's an important part about that word, go. It does not just mean that you should go from here to over there, but it means as you go, wherever you go, you're supposed to do what it's about to say to do. So in the church, we, we love to create uh, divides that get us out of doing what God's called us to do. Like, all oh, some people... They're just called to be missionaries and I'm supposed to be here and I'll give them some money. That's great, support them, all that kind of stuff. I believe that's a part of the call for us as a church family. But nobody gets out of this because it's not just you go over there, but it's actually as you go, wherever you're going, you go. All right? And then it says this, go and make disciples. It does not say go and make converts. It says, go and make disciples. That means people that become students of Jesus, that they learn to live a devoted life to him of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The problem that we have with this passage is that somewhere in there, two things have gotten in the way of us living this out. The first, I believe, is religion. And wherever you find religion, you will not find joy, right? Like religion stills the joy out of any invitation that God gives us. And so what has happened with the Great Commission is that it's become religious obligation, and as soon as that happens in our mindsets, we no longer get to enjoy going to work with our father. It makes it really miserable. Like, I feel like I've got to. I talked about this, I think it was Easter, like a case of the shoulds. And we just get this case of the shoulds, this religious obligation that I should do this and I should do this. And all of a sudden you, you realize that this thing that started with incredible life has none because all of a sudden I feel like I have to do this instead of recognizing that this is an invitation for me to go to work with my father. It's interesting that the presence of God promised at the end of this, I believe that the presence of God is given to us for a purpose, that you will never enter the mission of God without access to the presence of God. He says, I'm with you always, even to the very end of the age. So one of our first problems is religion. Religion takes the life out of this. I think the second problem that we run into is unbelief. And unbelief really messes with us in a few different ways. One, it makes us believe 
that we're not capable. It's what Chris was just talking about. The second thing that unbelief does is it makes us think that we carry a message that nobody wants. And as soon as you start believing that you carry a message that nobody wants, then if you buy into the religious shoulds, then all of a sudden, as you carry that message, you start off defensive. It's like, I'm obligated to give you this message. I don't really want to tell you because I've got the shoulds. I believe that I should, but I don't believe that you want it. So now I'm going to defend it to you instead of invite you into it. Here's my belief. I believe that the good news, the gospel, that's what gospel means, good news. I believe that the good news is still good news. And I believe that the whole world is is groaning for the good news. The problem is, is that we don't believe that the good news is good news. And so we don't give the world good news. Instead, we get really defensive about what we have. And we think they don't really want what, uh, what they have. You know, a good part of America may have understood truths and ideas about Christianity. But as I've spent time talking to people just even in our, our, our region about Jesus, most people have never had the good news presented to them. Let me say this about good news. Good news should be good news to the person that's hearing it. And I think sometimes we don't believe that the good news is good news, and so we don't present it in a way that is actually good news. But the good news is not just a concept. It is an invitation to a relationship. The good news is actually really personal. You know that God simultaneously is thinking about nearly all 8 billion of us at the same time. He's thinking about all, we're on his mind. Meaning that, that you're on his mind and you're on his mind, Lydia, and you're on his mind. Every single one of us are on his mind. And so all we have to do is access the mind of God and recognize, which we have access to, by the way, and recognize that God's actually thinking about people. He knows what's going on in their life and he actually knows what would be good news to them. This whole thing is personal. It's relational and it's really, really life-giving. And I believe that when we start to recognize that there's incredible life, that we're actually invited to this party in the family of God, then I believe that it'll change the way that we live. Now, in my family, we love to talk about Jesus together. We actually love to share Jesus with people as we go. I've I've started doing this thing with my kids who are Eight, four, and 18 months. The 18-month-old doesn't participate much as far as we know. He may pray in gibberish or tongues or something. But besides that, I'm not totally sure what he's up to. But we'll go to the store. Or A few weeks ago, we were walking around green. And I just said to him as we got out of the car, I said, hey, if God highlights somebody to you, then let's just go tell them that Jesus loves them. Now, my kids are, are, are quite different from each other. It's crazy how two kids could grow up in the same household and be completely opposite. Eliza's very serious, competitive, could tend towards perfectionism. So she like 
wants to know. How many of you are that way? It's like, if I'm gonna say anything to anybody, God better be behind it and he better twist my arm to do it, right? (laughs) Evelyn is a party looking for a place to happen. And and seriously, every person we saw, she's like, God's pointed out that person and that person and that person. And so here's what I do with them is that I say, hey, let's, let's, whoever God's pointing out will go and do it. My expectation of them is not that they would have it all together, that they would have a perfect gospel presentation, know exactly what that person needs and just know how to do all that stuff. But I'm gonna let them lead the way and I'm just gonna jump in and clean up the mess. They don't make a big one, it seems like. They clean up the mess no matter what's going on. It's just become a lifestyle. But one of the keys to that becoming a lifestyle is that we have learned to have a lot of fun together. So we're not doing it out of obligation, we're doing it actually out of a whole lot of fun. And that's really important to understand the the culture of your family. Like if you're inviting people into the family of God, then you have to have a culture worth inviting them into. I wanna give you a glimpse of the culture of my family and you'll have maybe a little bit better picture of what's going on as we're sharing the gospel. Would you guys play that video? (laughs) So for, for my family, like we're actually, I'm probably, Eliza and I maybe both are, are the most serious ones in our family, but we're, we're always looking to have a good time. We're always looking to live like a life that has joy in it. And I think for some of us, the joy of the kingdom has drifted away. And we don't recognize that what we're inviting people into is a family that likes to have a good time. And the opportunity for people to come alive in the way that God has created them and to bring their gifts and and to contribute what they have at just the right time. I have no idea how Eli knew that he was supposed to twerk right then (laughs) to the beat, but he just, he like just jumped right in. (laughs) And I, I, I really believe that what God's wanting to do is establish a culture in our families, in our lives, that we recognize that we're getting to invite people in to the greatest time ever. That actually sharing the good news is actually fun. That it's actually really good news and that God wants to touch people. The other day, we were driving through, and I, I love... I love drive-throughs because for me, they become drive-bys. But we're driving through McDonald's. No, we would not never go to McDonald's, would we? We were somewhere else, not McDonald's. Because nobody ever goes to McDonald's, right? Like, somehow they've sold like five billion hamburgers, but nobody will ever confess to going to McDonald's. So we were at McDonald's just buying some drugs because we wouldn't eat the food, right? No, I'm kidding. So we're, we're at, at, at McDonald's. Honestly, I was buying fries for my kids to keep them happy. I, I did not eat anything from McDonald's. Just my kids. I'm just feeding my kids that stuff. <laughs> Anyways, we're at McDonald's. And, and there's a lady that's taking our money. 
And it was like, I could just see immediately. I didn't have like this like super powerful Holy Spirit moment, but I could tell by looking at her, like there was this soft whisper just in, in my spirit. Like this lady has worked really hard and sacrificed a lot for her family. And I just said, hey, I, I just really sense that, that you've worked hard, that you've sacrificed for your family and that God honors you and that Jesus loves you so much. Tears begin to fill her eyes, seriously, just in a couple of minutes in the, in the drive-by. And, and I could tell that God was working on her. Now, some of you, this is the way I used to think, well, what does that mean? How does, it, like, that didn't really do anything. You didn't lead her to Jesus in the moment. Some of us plant, others of us water, but God actually makes it grow. And what, what would it look like if we established a culture in central Texas where we looked for opportunities just to bless people? that we just said, okay, what does it look like for us to carry the kingdom of God? And let me say this, it's not all about prophetic, God spoke this to me or that to me, although that matters. And you actually all have access to that. We'll walk that out in just a second. But, but, it, but more than that, it's about loving people and serving people. I was meeting somebody a while back um, that was gonna, that I, I knew was probably gonna be a significant relationship. And before I, I met this person, I asked God, hey, God, would you give me like some sort of like prophetic, like words of knowledge, something about their life? And so I had this address pop into my mind. And so sitting down across the table from this person, I said, hey, did, does this, first time meeting them, does this address mean anything to you? They said, no, not at all. And I heard this whisper that God said this to me, he said, Joel, I don't need you to be prophetic all the time, although that's meaningful and powerful. Your superpower is love. Just love them. And let me say this. I believe that you, because you're a child of God, Romans 8, 14 says that you're led by the spirit of God. I believe that the spirit of God is leading you and that God wants to speak to you. He wants to give you life. He wants to give you love for people. But I believe this, beyond the spirit of God leading you, which is essential in our lives, you have the ability to carry love wherever you go. And God wants to use that in your life. That's your superpower. And if you love wherever you go, what you're gonna find is that the presence of God follows your love and that people are attracted to what you carry because everybody needs to experience the love of God through you. But I believe this, that you and I were actually created to live under the spirit of God that the spirit of God actually was meant to be a, the leading force in our life. When we look at Genesis 1, it says in the beginning in verse 1 and 2, it says in the beginning that God created the heavens and the earth, that the earth was formless and void and the spirit of God hovered over the waters. What's significant about that? I believe that God wasn't just telling us how he created, but I think that God was telling us the order that he created the world to be in. And that's this, that the spirit of God was always meant to hover over the created world so that it would cause it to step into its purpose. Let me say that more clearly. I believe that the spirit of God is meant to be hovering over your life 
resting on you so that you can live out what God has created you for. We see this even more clearly in John chapter three. Jesus is having his conversation with Nicodemus. And in that conversation with Nicodemus, Nicodemus is, is uh, asking some questions and Jesus answers the questions that he wants to answer. Have you ever noticed Jesus doing that? Like he doesn't answer the questions that are asked, but he answers the ones that he wants to answer. It says, so he goes on, Jesus is talking to him about being born again. He says, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God. Say kingdom of God. Unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised by my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everybody who is born of the spirit. Did you know that if you've given your life to Jesus, you were created in that way, recreated in Jesus so that you would be led by the spirit? that that's actually God's design for your life. That you would live a life led by the Spirit. And I believe this, that the way that we get to see the whole world step into its purpose is that you and I begin to pay attention to the Spirit of God that we have full-time access to. Here's what I wanna do. I'd like to have five volunteers. First five up here, you win the prize. There's one. All right, we're at four. Oh. All right. All right, let's see. Here's what I want you to do. You're led by the Spirit of God, right? Yes? Yes. Yes, okay, cool. So here's what I want you to do. Being led by the Spirit of God, I want you to go find a ministry partner. Okay, somebody, just ask God, say, hey, God, would you highlight somebody to me? Pray that real quick. God, God, would you highlight somebody to me? All right, go get him. Bring him back up here. Letitia's like, really me? You're coming for me? All right. While they're grabbing people, I'll tell you another story. The other day, uh, Rance and I, I don't know, I think Rance is outside. He's on our safety team. Rance and I were meeting at Mocha's and Java's and we were talking and there was this guy that came and sat down just across the way from me and God kept highlighting him to me. I was like, okay. And then I felt like God said, I've given him a gift of administration. And for me, that was like enough to act on. So as we finished up having coffee, I walk up to the guy and I said, hey man, sometimes God highlights people to me and I feel like you have a gift of administration. And he, he's looking at me odd. And then I said, hey, I, actually, I feel like your gift of administration is about God using you to position people into the right places so that they can fulfill their destiny. I believe that's the call of God on, on, their, on your life. And his like face just like lit up. And I said, and I, I think this is important because God wants you to know that you are on his mind. And his like jaw drops. I said, do you mind me asking, what do you do for a living? He said, I'm a realtor. 
So I get people into the plates that God would have them, into their destiny. And he's got a lady sitting with him. I said, God sees you and loves you, but this is important for him because he needs to know that God sees him. And the guy just absolutely lit up because he recognized that God was actually speaking to him. Like, that's what he did. His, his gift of administration was about getting people into the right place. Another time, a few years back, we were doing some ministry down on the square. And uh, we walked up to uh, a club called Stonewall. It's kind of the LGBTQ club in town. And, and I was talking to the person working the door. And, uh, and I said, hey, I, I feel like you've got pain in your shoulder. Like, sometimes... And this is really important because I believe that we all have access to this. Hey, y'all, thanks for standing here. Y'all are doing great. <laughs> you see, I had pain that I didn't have the moment before I walked up to that guy. And I was aware enough to know that that pain did not belong to me. And so I said, hey, I, I, there's, I think you have pain in your shoulder. And he said, yeah. And he told me about the accident that he had. And I said, I believe that God wants to heal that. Because God's not going to show us something that he doesn't want to do, right? So me and a few other people pray for that guy, lit up, right? Like, and then I begin to tell him just this whisper in my ear, hey, you've got a grandmother that's been praying for you. And, and God wants you to know that he's after your heart, that he loves you. And he, he, I said, is that true? Do you have a grandmother that's been praying for you? Let me be very clear. This is not for me, like this loud, booming voice. It's so faint that I have to trust that I hear it. It takes faith to even know that it's there. And he, he agreed with me. Turns out that he knew somebody that I knew and that they were gonna connect with him and they were gonna end up helping him find church and all that kind of stuff. It's like God wants his kids back. He's after his kids and he wants to speak to you and I in order to get his kids back. All right, here's what I want you to do. I want you and your twos just to take one second and say, okay, God, would you highlight somebody else to me? And then you don't have to be in initial agreement. You just have to be in final agreement. So it could be two different people, not a big deal, but you just have to say, okay, that, that's the person, okay? You're not gonna go get them. You're just gonna hold on just a second. Most of you are starting to like duck, right? Like don't call on me. Hey, is this all right? This is like not normal church. Are y'all all right with this? I just feel like God wants to equip his people and not just make you listen to me for a long time, all right? All right, you got your people? All right, we're gonna start over here. Actually, I'll, I'll give you one more, one more piece. I want you to now ask God for a word for that person. Like it could be a word of encouragement, Some of you, I know this is like, you've never done anything like this before. It's totally okay. You're led by the spirit of God and he actually wants to speak to you and lead you. So you're gonna experience something that you've never experienced before and it's gonna cause something to come alive in you. Somebody once, one time gave me this word that said, don't worry about making a mess. God can clean up a mess. So I'll just share that with you guys. Like, you're not, don't worry about missing it. And a lot of times when we, we wonder like, is that me or is that God, right? Like we're like, we hear that whisper, God highlights somebody to us and we're like, oh, that's, that's probably me, but it might be God. I, I want you to, I want to encourage you 
to flip that and begin to say, that's probably God, but it might be me. And watch what that does to your faith. Watch what that does. All right, are y'all ready? Who do you have? Lydia. Lydia, Lydia, stand up. For the entire service. And so as um, Pam and I were talking, we both felt like God really wanted you to know that you're seen. And I just feel like God's doing deep restoration of places that might feel really broken, but like he's really going to bring you through um, with so much love, Lydia. And then Pam had a little more for you. Lydia, I just uh, felt a pressure in my heart, in my chest. And that also that what your, your work is not missed, it's not overlooked, and it's important. And you're not missing out by doing what you're doing. Come on. That God sees it. You're not wasting your time. And that there is a harvest. And it's going to be beyond what you can even imagine. So be encouraged, whatever there's, I just feel like there's a heaviness in the heart and God's healing that. What, if there's a desire, if there's something that you've put away and said, no, that's not for me, God's saying, no, that is. And Come he's on. bringing that back to life. And he wants you to, it's sort of, I sort of like feel like fan in that hope, fan in that hope, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up. Come on. Awesome. All right. So y'all are done on your ministry team. Y'all, y'all go to Lydia and y'all are going to pray for her and we're going to keep going. All right. So we got the gentleman in the T-shirt over there, straight ahead. Um, yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ask so, him his name. What's your name? Brian. Brian. Okay. So Brian, when I like saw you, I felt like the Spirit of God like repeat the word significance to me. Um, and I don't know if that's something that I struggle with, but I feel like he's really wanting to highlight to you that like the things that you're doing right now are like making an impact. And that he doesn't want you to think that like the day-to-day life that you're going through right now isn't like affecting change because he wants you to know that like in every like little way that you interact with people, like he is affecting change. Uh, but yeah. I just keep hearing the father say, I see you and I love you and you bring great joy to my heart and how much I appreciate your heart towards me. I hear the father saying that. We bless you in Jesus name. Amen. Come on. All right. Y'all go pray for him. Uh, Hold on just a second. Keep going. Awesome. Amen. Go for it. Uh, Gentleman in the gray shirt. Uh, What's your name? Art. Uh, I felt that God spoke the word family to me. Um, and that the desires of your heart about your family is going to come true. Well, that's good. And I also see the compassion in your eyes. You have very compassionate eyes. And you have some awesome guardian angels around your entire family. They are just following you. They are protecting every, every footstep that you make. So you have some awesome guardian angels. Awesome. Come on, that's cool. Y'all go pray for him. The girl that's uh, in the blue shirt right there. You, yes. <laughs> Ruby? Yeah. Hi, Ruby. Ruby gets called on every now and then. She's special. 
<laughs> well, uh, I got a, a special favor over you. Um, almost like rain coming down, uh, a favor that um, it, kind of the scripture, goodness and mercy shall follow you. It's kind of in hot pursuit over you. It's a, it's a, it's, um, it's chasing after you, basically. And I see that, so that's what I got. <laughs> um, hi, Ruby. So um, I have a like, hard time coming to church alone, so like, I spotted you out um, by yourself. So I think that's a huge deal. Like, I know I struggle with that. And so when I saw you, the word hope came to mind. And just um, for you, I think like, God has so much in store for you and the fact that you're here. So um, awesome. whether you're like... Like, like I said, like you're alone, so like you came to mind to me, so. That's awesome. Hey, tell me your name. Lauren. Lauren. Thank you, Lauren. Hey, I, I think that's actually significant for us as a church family. I think we should make sure that people have the option to not sit alone. And so if you see somebody sitting alone, maybe you're sitting, maybe you're also sitting alone, that you would just go up to them and say, hey, could I sit with you or you wanna sit with me or something like that? I think that's really, really important. Y'all go pray for Ruby. All right, y'all are having fun over here. These two have been having fun the whole time. This is church. You're not supposed to be having fun. Come on. I was just laughing because when, when Mark, before Mark and I were dating, I came up and said, can I sit here? Oh, that's right. I was alone, I was alone, so. Yeah, especially guys. If you're single, yeah. Ladies, just, hey, go sit with somebody. So we picked Natalie and Chris. Pick it up a little bit. Oh, sorry. All right, Natalie and Chris. Yes. God says you're chosen for where he has you right now, and he's so proud of you. He loves you so much, and he loves your yes. And thank you from all of us. <laughs> I used to be uh, a church I attended in Houston. I used to be an elder and a high school uh, Sunday school teacher. And at the end of the school year, I asked one of the students, who was very quiet, never answered any questions, uh, I asked him, I said, how do you know that you will enter the kingdom of heaven? And he says, well, that's easy, because the kingdom of heaven has already entered me. Well, that's good. And I thought, wow, coming from a high school kid, that's Pretty profound statement. So with Natalie and Chris, I just want to let you know that no matter where you go, that you'll always carry the kingdom of heaven with you. Amen. That's good. Awesome. Y'all go pray for them. Here's, here's the point of all of that, other than actually just blessing people, which is quite fun is that I, I want you to know that you carry more than you're aware of. And that when we start to do things intentionally, that they actually become instinctual. When we step out of our comfort zone, when we say, you know what, like, I don't do that. Like there are some of you who have thought, well, I don't do that. God doesn't speak to me that way. I believe God wants to actually break that off of you. And I believe this, that God actually wants to begin to use you 
and speak to you about other people, that he actually wants to use you, to work with you. He's inviting you into this divine dance, this incredible party, that you would carry the life of God with you wherever you go. Now, this doesn't just mean we're strangers. In fact, a lot of these people weren't strangers to each other. This could be when you go to your workplace, when you go to the class, your classroom, when you go to the grocery store, you see the same guy at the checkout that you've always seen. And you're just asking God, hey, God, what does it look like to partner with your heart for this person? How do I bless this person? How do I bring life to this person? I believe that God wants to start to speak to us and use us in that way so that we would carry the life of God wherever we go. That we would understand what it means to be a people who, who go and as they go, carry life. And it's not simply about giving somebody an encouraging word, but that becomes the doorway into making disciples that we would see people's needs and what they need and that we would join them in prayer and we would begin to, to let them know that God sees them, that he cares about them and that he is in incredible pursuit of them. This morning, we're gonna have our ministry team come and pray for people and, and they'd love to pray for you. Whatever your need is, they'd love to pray for you. But there's a few things I think that are specific. I, I believe that God, for some of you, You've been going through the motions of religion and God wants to restore to you the joy of your salvation. That you would recognize the very life of God that he's put in you. I believe that God wants to reawaken that in you. Some of you have been living in a miserable place, stuck in a horrible sin pattern. And you're stuck. And it's made you feel distant from God like you're actually his enemy. It's made you feel like you can't hear the voice of God. And I believe this morning that God wants to set you free. And that starts with confessing and saying, this is where I am. And I believe that God wants to minister to you and speak to you and bring freedom to you in that place. I believe that you do not have to stay stuck in your sin patterns that God actually desires to give you freedom. I believe that God wants for some of you that you would receive a fresh baptism of his spirit, that you would experience the very presence of God resting on you, empowering you to be witnesses. See, being a witness is not something we do, it's something that we are. That we would see God, that we would behold him and that we would not be able to help but to live it out to the world around us. Finally, there are some of you here, I believe there are two or three people here that need to say yes to Jesus. You actually need to give your life to Jesus. You need to say, Jesus, I, I, I confess that I've fallen short, that I haven't measured up, that I haven't lived the way that I'm supposed to, and I give my life to you. I trust you with my life. I trust that you died on the cross for my sin so that I could enter into relationship with God. And I wanna make you not just my savior, but also my Lord, I'll follow you. If that's you, I would invite you to come forward and pray with this team and then come see me. I've got a, a gift for you. But I, I believe that God wants to restore us. Would you go ahead and stand? Ministry team, you guys can come forward. If you need prayer, would like prayer, they'd love to pray with you. I believe that God wants to release healing this morning as well. Just put your hands out just to receive. God, we just thank you that you love us. Lord, I pray for Sozo Church that there would be an upgrade and joy-filled boldness. 
Lord, that we would come alive in following you and living life with you. Lord, I pray that you would increase our awareness of what your spirit's doing. Every room we walk into, every relationship that we step into, Lord, that we would join you in what you're doing.